Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back. We are now in Season 2 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network, and today we are recording Episode 16. And today we want to discuss how and why it is important to weather the storm with understanding. And helping me uh, get through this today is my good friend, Houston Welch. I appreciate him and, and his good podcast, The Way Podcast. And so by beginning this episode, I'd like to turn things over to Houston, let him discuss a bit of his work, uh, maybe his podcast, what's going on now, and what you got planned for the future. All right. Thank you, Drew. Thank you for having me on. Um, I, I preach for the Friendship Church of Christ, which is in southern middle Tennessee. We are in the, uh, the Lincoln County um, area, which is just uh, the next county east of Giles County, which is where Pulaski is, the uh, um, East Hill Congregation there. And um, we, my wife and I, we've been married for three years now. We've got two, uh, two beautiful girls, uh, baby girls. And of course, Drew mentioned the podcast as well, the Way Podcast, which also airs on uh, every Thursday morning alongside Drew's podcast. And uh, last season, we discussed New Testament Christianity. That was the very basis of uh, last season. And this upcoming season, we're going to be discussing Christianity, but from an Old Testament perspective, because as we know, the Old Testament looked forward to the New Testament. Like the saying goes, the Old Testament was the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And of course, we know that God always had in mind establishing the new covenant by Jesus Christ and, and salvation coming through him and, and through that by means of the gospel. And so I thought that it was going to be fitting to, since we discussed New Testament Christianity, to also view New Testament Christianity from the Old Testament. And so, you know, of course, if you have an opportunity, uh, tune in to that podcast as well. Absolutely. And again, you have a great podcast and I'm glad we get to share Thursday together. That's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, so you can yeah. weather the storm and then you can get on the way. You can do that all on the same day. So, uh, <laughs> but Houston and I both, I know that we're both excited and, and thankful to be on the Scattered Broad Network. And to our listeners, we thank you for listening today and certainly all the support and prayers that you've given us and encouragement uh, that you've given us that, that we need uh, to continue doing this work to the glory of God. Uh, so I mentioned that we are striving to weather the storm with understanding today. And so Houston, what I'd like to do really on every episode is define terms by beginning. Uh, you know, how, how can we start out by defining what we're going to be studying? When you think about understanding, it kind of d- defines itself, doesn't it? I mean, to understand something is to, to know it, you know, mentally ascend to what's going on. So I, I get it. I understand it. But I'd like to ask you this. When it comes to weathering the storms of life, what exactly are we to understand? Okay, so 
there are certainly several things that we have to come come to grips with to, that we have to grasp uh, that we have to know when uh, the storms of life come our way. And one of the first things that I would say is that they are inevitable. That yeah. the the storms of life are going to happen to every person. It doesn't matter what social class you're in. Doesn't matter what. Uh, what ethnicity you are, everybody has the storms of life. They are going to happen. They're going to occur. And I think a, a great example of this would be the apostles. I mean, of course, we have an even greater example in Jesus, but the apostles, you consider their ministry. They were, of course, things do work in a hierarchy in the church. They, uh, Jesus, uh, Paul tells us that Jesus was is the chief cornerstone, mm -hmm. uh, but also the church is built upon the foundation of Jesus and the apostles, Ephesians chapter three. And so with, with that in mind, we could think of them being just right next to Jesus, right up under Jesus. And yet they still suffered as well. And throughout the book of Acts, we see all of these things occurring to them. But then with each of these instances, Yes, there there came the trials, and there also came the, the the mourning. But on many occasions, you also found them rejoicing and and just wholeheartedly enduring through those certain trials that were coming their way. Think of Peter and and John whenever they were on trial for for preaching in the name of Jesus, and they told them to not do that. The 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 council told them to not preach in the name of Jesus. Well, we ought to obey God rather than men. And they went on their way uh, rejoicing that they were able to suffer the shame with Christ. Yeah. And also a more common example that we think of, um, Paul and company, whenever they were in the jail and they were in prison, they didn't know exactly what the future was going to hold for them. And yet they were singing and they were praising God in that time. And of course, different trials are going to have, uh, it's going to come with different levels. Uh, and of course, your demeanor is going to change in, in, in those different trials. Let's say losing a loved one versus persecution. Those two are completely different, even though they're both, of course, trials. And so your demeanor is going to be different. However, we still have to be able to praise God in those situations. And that also, that brings my attention to, to Job. And thinking about Job, and I believe you discussed Job last season, weathering mm -hmm. the storm like Job. And Job was a prime example of somebody who endured the, the trials or the storms of life. In fact, James mentions him as an example of endurance, of that patience. Yep. But we look at Job as a great example of endurance. But Job did fall. He did, he did have a... Uh, a fault with him in the beginning of the book in, in Job chapter two, after he um, finished speaking with his wife, it says in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And up to that point, I believe Job was wholeheartedly sinless, but then 30 chapters of dialogue and debate occur between him and his three friends as if he's getting kicked while essentially kicked while he was down. And then it merits rebuke from God. And what this rebuke was, and like Elihu explains, is that Job was justifying himself rather than justifying God. Rather than viewing God as righteous, he was just focused on himself being righteous. 
And so not only do we have to understand that the trials of life will occur, that they are going to happen, we also need to understand that they're not God's fault. Yeah. These things that, that occur to us, they're, they're not because of God. Uh, and, and we don't need to get hung up on ourselves so much and the trial itself so much rather than uh, to, it, it, essentially it's taking our focus off of God is what's going to lead. The trials themselves are not will not make somebody sin, though, whenever we lose our focus on God during those trials, that can send somebody down the wrong path. But here's something else that's interesting is God stops it, though. Before get, Job gets so caught up in himself, God stops it. And it brings my attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where uh, God says, well, Paul says through God that uh, God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but he will, with that temptation, also make a way for escape. And so he didn't let Job get so far into it that he was not going to be able to get out of it. And Job certainly helped him out through that. Absolutely. And that's Job's a perfect example to, to back up what you were saying about the storms being inevitable. Job's the one who said, man is you know born of woman of a few days and full of trouble. So yeah. when you think about Job, hopefully no one has to experience what he did, the magnitude of suffering that you know he had, had to endure losing all of his livestock, losing all of his family. I mean, his children, they were all gone. And then, you know, his wife saying, curse God and die. So he faced a very difficult storm. But the, the point of Job is that they are inevitable. But another, another point that comes from that, I use another I word, is that nobody is immune to the storms of life. So you take Job, as you just mentioned, a righteous man, you know, somebody that was right before God. And yet, he faced storm, he faced storms. You know, Paul, you mentioned Paul writing there to the brethren at Corinth. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Yes, all who strive to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Or in other words, you will suffer storms. You will go through storms in life. And so I think that's what we are to understand is that they are inevitable and that nobody's immune to them. So we have to have that understanding really, as we just try to navigate through life day to day, there's going to be storms that we have to face. It might be, you know, a financial storm, might be something physical, but certainly we have to be on guard for those spiritual storms. But I love that you brought out first Corinthians 10, 13, you know, God is able to make a way of escape. So you're able to bear it. You know, he's going to be with you and he can carry you through those storms, regardless of, of you know, how difficult it may be. So I, I think adding on to that, how can we be sure that we have the proper understanding? Because it's possible to have the wrong understanding. So what exactly can we do to make sure we have the right understanding when the storms come our way? Yeah. So in, in prior discussion to, uh, to this, um, this episode and, and what we were going to be discussing, you gave uh, two two great verses, one in Ephesians chapter three and the other one in uh, in Ephesians five um, and verse seventeen. And I want I want to look at, at verse seventeen, uh, Ephesians five verse seventeen, where he says, "Wherefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is." And then immediately after that, in verse eighteen, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
So he's telling us to have understanding of what the will of the Lord is. Well, we know what the will of the Lord is. What we may not have a full understanding of what the will of the Lord is, but we know that it is the word of God. That mm -hmm. is God's will. Uh, then when we go to the Ephesians sister uh, passage in Colossians and verse uh, chapter three, verses uh, 15 and 16, and the parallel text of Ephesians 5, 18, uh, 5, 17 and 18, Colossians 3, 15 and 16. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you were also called in one body and be thankful. Then he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom or understanding and take, taking just a, a moment whenever we look back to the Old Testament and the, the Hebrew literature, the, the Hebrew poetry and that parallelism, we can look at First um, Kings chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse 12, whenever God was um, blessing Solomon, it says that he blessed him with wisdom and understanding, and those two being synonymous with one another. It's just the way that the Hebrews spoke, the way God spoke to the Hebrews. And then whenever you constantly read throughout Psalms and, and, uh, and Proverbs, anytime you see wisdom mentioned, especially in the first few chapters of the Proverbs, that Hebrew parallelism, the very next statement has a synonymous remark, and it's coupled with uh, understanding or, or, or one in the same, especially in the Old Testament. And so he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom or in all understanding. And so when talking about the, the trials of life and the, the, the storms of life and the outward temptations that are going to come our way, it is important to have the peace of God uh, reign in our hearts. And he says, the way that you do that, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let the word of God dwell in you. If you want the peace of God, if you want uh, what you need in order to get through uh, these trials, if you want to be sure that you have proper understanding, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let the word of God, God dwell in you. And that is going to give you the proper understanding that you need. Absolutely right. And I think, uh, you know, you mentioned that in Ephesians 5. It's funny you mentioned the next verse. I was going to go back to verse 16. You see that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. You know, think about that in the context of a storm. I need to be able to have a good understanding if I'm going to walk circumspectly. If I'm going to be able to, you know, redeem the time, navigate through it, then I've got to have that understanding. So Paul says, don't be unwise. So it would be unwise to just throw out the understanding that we have in, in the scriptures. And you mentioned that, you know, we can know what's been revealed. Second uh, Peter one, three, God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So if it pertains to life and godliness, we've got it. We've got it in the word. Ephesians three, four says, whereby when you read, you may understand. Now, of course, in that context, Paul's talking about the mystery. You keep going on and you read it and you can understand it. It's made manifest by the church. That was in the eternal purpose of God. That makes sense. We can understand that. So we need to make sure we have it. And I think you nailed it with Colossians 3.16. You let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts. Yeah, you know, what did Jesus say about storms? Did he ever say they were coming? Yeah, he did. Did he ever tell his disciples, in the world you're going to have tribulation, but in me you'll have peace? Yeah, he did. So we can go and, and we can 
take God's word and meditate on it, hide in their heart. And that'll give us the right kind of understanding. Did you have a comment on that too? Yeah. Yeah. One, one more, one more thing about that. So whenever we think about the trials and storms of life, we're seeking comfort, of course, Mm -hmm. and Romans 15, four, he he mentions that all those things in the old Testament, they were exact examples for us that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, the, the, patience and the comfort that we're going to get from the scriptures, we might have hope. And so. Absolutely. And you can't have any of that without understanding. And that's where it all kind of comes together. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the sum of God's word is true. Psalm 119, 160, piece together that old law, piece together the new law, see how God has revealed his will throughout time. And you can have the right kind of understanding, uh, certainly in the context of weather and the storm. And we've discussed, you know, why that's important and how we can obtain it. But now I'd like for us to discuss the understanding that Jesus had when he faced the storm. So not necessarily the teaching that he gave, but literally when he was going through difficult times, what kind of understanding did he have? Yeah. So of course there are many occasions that we could reference in Jesus life where he was, uh, when he was facing the, the storms of life. And we often reference uh, Hebrews chapter four, that t- speaking of him being our high priest, that he was in all points tempted like as we. And of course that is talking about sin. That's talking about uh, uh, spiritual temptation being tempted to sin, though he was perfect in, in every way and in, in right. no manner did he, did he ever sin. But we could also say that in all points, physically speaking, he was tempted just like we were. In fact, on an entirely another level, he faced things that we would never face. He faced financial trouble. Uh, he mentioned that, that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Yeah. He, uh, he, he certainly, many people in his life uh, passed away. It's nowhere mentioned in scripture, but it's reasonably assumed that Joseph, his uh, physical father, the one who uh, cared for him while on the earth, uh, physically speaking, that he, that he passed away. Uh, then also you think about Lazarus and he was constantly around, around death and his loved ones dying. And then he himself, he had to endure suffering like nobody else, even greater than Job. Yes, there were those who were crucified, but so so Jesus was not um, above the physical temptations. He was not above the the trials of life. He endured them just like every person can. And his understanding on well, let's take the the literal storm. Uh, Mark chapter four, whenever mm-hmm. he was, uh, him and his disciples, they were trying to pull apart from those that were, that I would say were vainly following him at the time. And they were crossing over the sea of Galilee. And it says in Mark says that he was in the back part of the boat, sleeping on a pillow whenever this storm storm came up. And I, I didn't look into the background of, of, what, how great of a storm that, that was, you might could have it off the top of your head. But I do know that it was enough that the disciples that were in the boat with him thought they were about to die. It was that severe. And yet Jesus is in the back of the ship sleeping on a pillow. And I think that there's a reason why Mark mentioned that he was sleeping on a pillow because when we, 
When you're on a pillow, you are in comfort. You're going to be in a, <laughs> in a deep sleep. Yeah. So he obviously, even though this physical, literal storm was, was surrounding him, he had comfort. Yeah. He, he was at certain peace. And, but, of course, that came with understanding. Mm-hmm. The understanding being that God was always with him. That well, he had authority over the the physical uh, realm, mm-hmm. and that nothing was going to that. Of course, his time had not yet come, and looking forward to his time, whenever his time did come, he knew that there was more after that. That he was going to break the bonds of of death and sin right. and rise the third day. And I think that's that's the point that that I was trying to to get at when I kind of proposed this question or or discussion is that Jesus understood his purpose and and he never deviated from that. And and regardless of what storm he had to face, and you mentioned a lot that he faced financial trouble, loss of loved ones, you know, physical pain, people telling him over and over again, he's not who he claimed to be. You think of all that he faced, but he understood why he was going through it. And he understood his purpose. And now we can look to him as our perfect example. He knows what it's like to go through these difficult times. He knows what it's like to come through on the other side. So he serves as the one who understands. And throughout the book of Hebrews, you find that language, you know, of him being made like unto his brethren, that he can sympathize with us. He understands. He knows what it's like to hurt, to feel. Uh, my mind goes to Luke 22. And the you know the Garden of Gethsemane, he's there praying, and you have him, you know, praying to his father. If there's any other way, I'll do it. I'll accept it. But you know, not my will, but your will be done. That was his understanding. And you take the moment, if you will, the moment he said Amen to that prayer. You see, I don't want to say a different individual, but there's this aura of confidence and understanding and calmness about him from that point forward. I mean, he, he rose up from that prayer and he told Peter, James, and John, why are you sleeping? Arise and pray lest you enter into temptation. See that understanding he had. I mean, it was like he knew all along what he was going to have to do, but he was so focused on fulfilling his purpose to do the will of his father. John eight twenty nine. I do always the things which please my father. John chapter four, I must work the works of him who sent me. He just had that mentality all throughout life. So no matter what kind of storm came his way, that understanding of, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to do the will of my father. That's what allowed him to navigate through the way he did. And that's why he serves as our perfect example today. When we do face those storms, we need to have that understanding that God's going to be glorified. And as you mentioned, that we as Christians can enjoy the peace that passes understanding through Christ. Yes, even in the midst of a horrible storm. So I, I appreciate you bringing those thoughts up and I, that really helped me. And hopefully that's going to help our audience too, is, you know, understand that, that Jesus has been there, done that. And he, he's gotten through that storm where there's peace and calmness. And now he, he says, come unto me, you know, look at me. You can understand that you can get through it. Um, so some beautiful thoughts there, Houston. I appreciate you bringing that out. And what I'd like to do now as we kind of wrap everything up, and this is something I've been doing this season, um, is, is to for you and I both to give our audience one takeaway. So if you had to say, 
this is how you can weather the storm with understanding. What would be your one takeaway for our audience? Okay. Can I, can I give three wrapped up in one? Absolutely. Okay. And, and referencing back when it, whenever we first asked, uh, what exactly are we to understand when, when the storms of life come our way? And I referenced the apostles, I referenced Job, and I referenced First Corinthians uh, chapter 10. First of all, the storms of life are, are going to happen. It does not matter who you are. They, they will happen. Mm-hmm. But know that when they do happen, it's not God's fault. But in the third place, God is certainly going to get you through those storms. Just keep your focus on him. Like, and like Peter in the, in, in the storm there. Exactly. Keep your focus on God and he's going to get you through it. There you go. Perfect. And that's, that's exactly right. And that's the kind of understanding that, that we need. And, and I guess my one takeaway is very similar to that. It's when you look throughout Scripture, you look at all the examples of individuals who face difficult times, they all had that understanding, that assurance that God was with them. God told Joshua, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus told his disciples when he left, lo, I'm with you always. And what do we find for us in Hebrews 13, 5? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can have that understanding that God's going to be with us before the storm, during the storm, certainly after the storm. So let's make sure we stay faithful to him so we can get through it the right way. Uh, so, Houston, I appreciate you so much being on here with me today. I know it takes some time. I appreciate your study. And uh, hopefully we've been able to help our audience today to weather the storm with understanding. So thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. To our listeners, again, we, we appreciate you very much. Thank you for your encouragement, support. Most of all, we, we covet your prayers as we continue to do this work to the glory of God. Once again, we hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.